the Lax Factor Podcast. What is up, College Lacrosse fans? You're watching episode 234, I think, of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast. If I got that wrong, I apologize. I am your host, Ted Houston. Today, I'm going to talk about 2023 as a whole. Who are my um, conference tournament picks for every single conference across the entire country? And then on uh, on Wednesday's show, I'm going to go through and preview the first weeks of games and all of that stuff. And I'm also going to give my pick for who I think is going to win the NCAA tournament and the teams that I like overall to make the Final Four. Before I get into it, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share the crap out of this with your friends before the season officially starts so you can all be smart together after listening to me ramble. And I'm going to now uh, shut the hell up. And I'm going to get right into this here. My uh, my pick to win the ACC, the ACC conference here, and not that this matters because the ACC does not get an automatic qualifier, but if you win the ACC, you are pretty much guaranteed to get yourself into the NCAA tournament. I mean, hell, if you're the fourth place team in the ACC, there's some, you know, more often than not a good chance that you're going to get yourself into the NCAA tournament. My pick, though, is Virginia, showing a picture here of PD LaSala off of their website. You know, most I think would agree overall that Virginia is probably, you could almost call them the overwhelming favorite, not to say they're going to win the ACC, but in terms of people picking them as the favorite, I mean, they were the number one team in the preseason poll, so obviously they're the overwhelming favorite for uh, winning the ACC in the regular season, even though there's no tournament. The real question here, I think overall, and this plays for the rest of the ACC teams, is how will Syracuse and North Carolina fare? Both teams play enough games so that as long as they handle their non-conference business, they can both have a very good shot at finishing above 500. And then, you know, depending on how the, the, the dominoes fall or whatever you would call it here, uh, they even maybe a chance of making the NCAA tournament. I like Cuse a little bit more than I like Carolina. In this case, I think the ACC goes Virginia at the top. Then I think you got Duke and Notre Dame right there, you know, below Virginia. And then I think Syracuse and North Carolina are going to fight it out down there. So my predicted champ, Virginia, once again, not, not that it helps them other than they'll, it'll prove they have some quality wins and uh, they needed sixth team in the ACC so they can get themselves a automatic qualifier again because they don't even play a tournament anymore. All right, the next conference, and I'm just going to go through alphabetical order. So you Big Ten fans, Patriot League fans, uh, Ivy League fans, you're just going to have to wait until we get to your spot here. But my favorite for winning um, the America East conference is the next one we're going to talk about. It is Vermont. Now, I think this is a tough one to call. And I think that Vermont's not necessarily going to be as you know quite as good as they were a season ago, mostly because they lost some talent. More importantly, they lost Thomas McConvey. He scored, what, 60 goals? He had 50-plus goals for sure a season ago. Now, Vermont uh, beat UMBC last year 13-11 to in the America East Finals. McConvey himself had five goals off eight shots in that game. He'll be running around for Virginia this upcoming year, as we said. I'm going with Vermont, though, even though I don't think overall they're going to be as solid offensively. Uh, McConvey and McCormick are both gone, but they do get back both David Klosterman and Brock Haley. Both guys, they're legit 50-50 threats. Klosterman was good for 29 goals and 36 helpers. 
numbers. Haley went for 26 goals and 25 assists a season ago. I almost went with UMBC, and in fact, I had I, the way I wrote my notes up and everything, I had to erase them because I did write this up as I was going to go with UMBC. And then the more I got thinking about it, even though you, I think UMBC brings back more talent from last year's team, I think that, you know, Vermont's talent's probably still going to be a little bit better than them, and they were playing better towards the end of the season anyway. So even with the offensive losses that Vermont had, they do bring back Tommy Burke at the faceoff dot. They bring back one of the best defenders in the country. I mean, they've got, uh, you know, they've, they've got a lot to look forward to. And I think that even right below them, we're going to be dealing with UMBC, Albany. I wouldn't completely count out Stony Brook as well. It's just that I think that Vermont has enough coming back. I think Tommy Burke is going to be a factor at the faceoff dot. And I think that all of those other teams, though, Albany, UMBC, and Stony Brook are going to be greedily breathing down Vermont's neck. Uh, and, and, and to boot, that doesn't even necessarily mean that I think that Vermont and any of these teams are going to, to win their regular season title. You know, I expect they're going to lose games in the regular season, may not even win the America East Conference by the end of the regular season. What I'm predicting in all of these predictions is that they're going to win the tournament at the end of the year and get that automatic qualifier. So I think that's going to be Vermont by a small margin. I do like UMBC. I think Albany is going to be improved. I think Stony Brook could still be pretty solid as well, but I think Vermont is going to be the king of them all by the end of the America East tournament. My next one that I'm going to pick here, it is the A-Sun, and to me, this one is easy. It's Jacksonville. Jacks, they're going to be even better on offense, I think, this year than they were a season ago. Max Waldbaum is back. He was 48-24. and 24 last year, Jacob Greiner, 51 and 18, but it's the addition of Dylan Watson, the Georgetown transfer that gives this already loaded offense, even more firepower. Watson put up 51 goals a season ago to go with 18 assists. So that's huge. They have quite a few holes to fill on the defensive side. They lost a couple of poles and D mids, but they do bring back Tucker Garrity to anchor their rope unit. He had 18 cause turnovers a year ago and Luke Milliken is back in cage. He was 58.2%. Uh, stopping the rock in 2022 so that's huge for them as well now to kind of give us context here they went undefeated in the socon last year beating richmond and high point this season and but they lost to richmond in the tournament so richmond was the one that punched their ticket to the ncaa tournament this season their main competition are going to be teams like robert morris and utah i think jacks can handle that heat and I think they'll handle that heat come tournament time as well. Utah and Robert Morris, though, they're both 10-win teams from a year ago. They split games against each other. Uh, so I don't think they're that far behind Jacksonville. But Jacksonville's going to bring the heat offensively, as we were saying. And I'm not sure anyone in the A-Sun is going to be able to slow their role overall. So my predicted champ, Jacksonville. But I think Utah could actually surprise. The youths were 5-0 and in the A-Sun last year, but lost to Robert Morris in the conference tournament. And I think this year's Utes team, you know, they're going to end up losing to Jacksonville probably in the conference tournament if they make it or whatnot. But, you know, I do like the Utes, and we'll see how they're going to do against Denver this upcoming weekend. My pick for the Atlantic 10 is, uh, you know, St. Joseph's. I kind of blew it already here, even though my notes don't have me saying that right away. I do like Richmond and St. Joseph's both out of the Atlantic 10. I'm thinking High Point could do some damage as well. High Point, uh, from what I heard here, 
they, they played well in the fall against some really good teams. Uh, this one's tough to call, though, I think, because we're kind of merging teams from separate conferences uh, between this year and last year, so we don't have you know as much data on these guys and their history as we'd like. St. Joseph's brings back one of the best attack groups in the country, though. High point impressed against some pretty good teams, including Syracuse and I forget who else, but I just uh, maybe it was Villanova, but High Point handled their business when they hosted a fall ball tournament here. Um, so I've heard good things about them despite losing their big monster attackman. And uh, it's this is this one here. I'm just kind of tossing a dart at a wall. Uh, I don't, you know, whatever you want to call it. I'm just lobbing a grenade. I don't really know who's going to win this conference, but I'm going to pre- – and I think that, you know – it's odd that I'm picking St. Joseph's to win the conference because I picked Richmond, you know, as one of the ranked teams in my poll. And St. Joseph's, I think, was my my second team out. Syracuse was my first team out. St. Joseph's was my, was my second team out. But I do think that that veteran attack group and everything else that they have going for them is going to put them in a place that once again. And you'll hear me say this over and over. They're going to be playing better by the end of the season than everyone else in their conference. And that's going to be why I predict them as the conference champ. But like I said, Richmond and High Point shouldn't be too far behind them. Now we're going to have to talk about the Big East. And, you know, it's Georgetown. Next, let's talk about the next conference here. I don't think this one's going to be close. The Hoyas went 5-0 and last year and won the tournament. They'll go 5-0 and again this season and will once again win the tournament. What the Hoyas did in the transfer portal, incredible in terms of bolstering their offense and themselves in cage. Their defense anchor- anchored by the reigning defensive player of the year, Will Bowen. You know, and they, like I said, they lost that All-American goalie in McElroy in the cage, but they picked up a transfer. Who was? I forget who it was. The kid from Dartmouth, I believe, is what it was. So my predicted champ, Georgetown, and that's all I have to say about that. And we are going to move on to my next prediction. It is the Big Ten. And this one here, this one is where I'm going to pretty much get booed off stage, I presume. I think the Big Ten has a legit chance to have a team that is not Maryland win the conference tournament this season. And I know it sounds crazy, but you got to hear me out here. Maryland has won four Big Ten cha- uh, tournament championships since the conference formed in 2015. Hopkins won the first. Maryland took the next two in 2016 and 2017. Hop took it in 2018. Penn State took it in 2019. COVID screwed up 2020. And Maryland has won the last two in 2021 and 2022. I feel like 2023 is going to be different. And thus far, Maryland hasn't uh, you know, won more than two in a row which kind of you know makes me believe that, hey, it's, it's time now for somebody else to get themselves a win. The years that Maryland won the tournament were the years that they had the best offensive player overall on the field. In 2022, their entire offense was the best player on the field, but Logan Wisnowskis was the Twarton winner as their leader. 2021, Jared Bernhardt, I think, was always the best player on the field. In 2016 and 2017, it was Matt Rambo. Now, in 2023... Maryland will they'll be able to boast that they have the best defender on the field in almost all of their games, the best goalie in the field, most likely in all their Big Ten games, as well as the best faceoff guy in the country in every game they play. But for the first time in a few years, guys like Jack Myers on attack at Ohio State, Ross Scott on attack at Rutgers, they could very easily be considered the best offensive players on the field when they play the Terps. That's going to create a totally different dynamic overall than what we've seen, I'd say, for the last three years, including 2020, where I think it was Jared Bernhardt in 2020 was going to be. And then let's not forget, even 2019, 
Jared Bernhardt and Logan Wisnowskis were neck and neck in scoring, I think, and I think Logan Wisnowskis was ahead of him. Anyway, it's going to be different this season because the best offensive player on the field isn't necessarily going to be on Maryland's team when they play their Big Ten schedule, and I think that's going to kind of put things all over the place here. Predicted champ for me, Ohio State. I'm not saying they're even going to win the regular season. I'm not saying that, you know, hell, they could lose to Maryland and Rutgers in the regular season. But what I'm saying is Jack Myers and the crew he's going to take the field with, uh, they're kind of the bulk of them are back from a year ago. They've added some nice transfers, Richie LaCalandra, Marcus Hudgens on defense, Kyle Lewis, the Lynchburg transfer on offense. I think he's going to factor. So I think no matter what happens in the regular season, as everyone in the Big Ten is fighting for position, I think that the regular season will be a close race. I'm just saying by the end of the season, I think Jack Myers and company are going to be clicking. I think that they have enough veterans to actually win themselves their first Big Ten championship. Now, the next league we have to talk about the CAA, another easy one here, and, and, and it's really not that easy at all. It's easy for me to just throw out my who I think is going to win or who my favorite is, but I don't think it's going to be easy for them to win that conference is Delaware. I believe they'll win the conference in, the conference tournament again in 2023 after capturing their first CAA tournament title since 2011 last year. They've won four overall since they've been playing in the CAA or since the CAA has had a tournament. They returned one of the best group attackmen in the country in J.P. Ward, Mike Robinson, and Ty Kurtz. They scored 50, uh, 72, 68, and 67 points, respectively, a season ago. The Blue Hens were able to upset Georgetown in the first round of the NCAA tournament after winning their play-in game and will be coming into 2023 with a boatload of swag, a metric shit ton of swag, is I think what you would say. Now, important to note, though, the CAA is insanely tight. UMass and Towson were all uh, Delaware, UMass, and Towson were all three and two. Fairfield, Drexel, and Hofstra were all two and three. So this conference, they beat the ever-living hell out of each other last season. The main reason I say it's easy, despite you know, it's easy for me to call it as Delaware, despite the fact that the race was so tight last year, especially during the regular season, is and uh, Hofstra and UMass both both beat Delaware during the regular season last year. In the end, Delaware was the team that was playing the best by far by the season's end. They lost to UMass and Hofstra in back-to-back games. That was their that Hofstra loss was their third loss in as many tries. Uh, Delaware won out with one goal wins over Towson and Drexel and a two-goal win over Fairfield to end the regular season. And then after that, things got cool because they thumped Drexel 19-6 despite playing them close earlier in the year in the CAA semifinals, and then they beat up on Towson 11-6 in the CAA finals. They take out Robert Morris in the play-in game for the NCAA tournament. Then they shock everybody by beating number two Georgetown in the first round after going up early, giving up that lead, and then having to come back from a few goals down to win that game. And then they played a very respectable um, quarterfinals game against Cornell, and they put up a good fight and only lost, what was it, 10 to 8? I think it was two goals. So my predicted champ for the CAA is Delaware because I think the fact they bring back the bulk of their talent from a year ago, both on offense and on defense, it's going to make it for, uh, really tough for teams in the CAA to unseat them as reigning tournament champs. Now, the next one I'm going with here is the MAC. I'm doing this out of order for some reason here. I don't know why. I, gotta, I'm, I think I'm missing a picture for Yale. So we're going to do Yale without a picture, and I'll do the Ivy League last. And now I just blew it. You know that my Ivy League tournament champ pick is, in fact, Yale. Ah, so screw it. 
Let's do the Ivy League. I'm just going to do them on this screen here. Uh, this is a really tough read. I'm leaning towards Cornell or, Cornell, or I was leaning towards Cornell when I wrote this. But Yale, Penn, and Princeton are all in a very tight group. All four of them, I think, are just grouped together. I'm not even willing to say that I think Cornell's the best team in the Ivy. They just happen to be the Ivy League team that played the best through the NCAA tournament. Cornell, Yale, and Brown all finished 4-2 and two in the Ivy. Uh, Penn, Princeton, and Harvard were all 3-3. Three and three. Every team in the Ivy except Dartmouth finished at least three games above 500. Harvard was 8-5, and five, and every other team had 10-plus wins with either five or six losses. The Ivy League was tough. So as with my Big Ten and Atlantic 10 predictions, I'm just kind of winging it here. Overall, it comes down to who do I think will be playing better lacrosse by the season's end, and I already blew it. Spoiler, it is Yale. They were insanely young a year ago. Leo Johnson, Chris Lyons, they're both killers. And linemate Matt Brando, I think, is the best returning lacrosse player in, uh, in, in the country. They have a bunch of question marks on the defensive side of the ball, but so does everybody else, including in Cor uh, Cornell and Penn. I think Yale has the best group of attackmen in the Ivy, and that's saying a lot considering Cornell's attack group. And uh, I think that they return uh, two of their starting three close defenders, and Paquette is back in net. He wasn't incredible last season, but as a young goalkeeper, he, he played really well overall. Losing Chris Fake and Brian Tevlin to graduation, a.k.a. the transfer portal, uh, that hurts them badly. But I think that by season's end, that group offensively, and they got a bunch of young midfielders. Uh, Thomas Bragg is a beast. He's going to be the veteran midfielder. I think that those guys are going to be playing really good lacrosse by NCAA, or by the end of the season, and I think that they will be able to edge everybody else out in the Ivy. But like I said, that's not that I have a firm belief in that. This is me just lobbing a grenade, throwing a dart at the board with my eyes closed. I'm just trying to pick someone and see if I, I can be smart by seasons. And any any of the four teams, Penn, Princeton, Yale, Cornell, I think any of those four teams could win the Ivy League tournament. I'm just going with Yale because I think Matt Brandau is a player pimp. And the next one we're going to do here, now we're back to it, the Mac. I know the least overall about the MAC teams. St. Bonaventure won the regular season title with a 5-1 and one record last year, but they lost in the tournament finals to Manhattan, a team they beat by six goals in the regular season. Losing Dobson, that's certainly going to hurt the Bonnies overall. Dobson was an incredible goalkeeper, playing pro lacrosse now, but they bring back three of their top four scorers, the bulk of their defense, and a backup goalie from a season ago that earned a win uh, earned one regular season win and had a 56.3% save percentage. So my predicted champ here, St. Bonaventure, whatever goalie fills in for Brett Dobson, he's going to be good enough to post a 56% or higher save percentage with the defense in front of him, and the Bonnies are going to be able to take the conference tournament and get themselves a play-in game in the NCAA tournament. Next up, the Patriot League. Patriot, they have a clear favorite in my opinion. I've been kind of saying this over and over, Boston University. Like Delaware, BU brings back one of the best attack units in the country. And what I mean by that, and I took a lot of heat on Twitter, was that all three guys that are returning on attack for both Delaware and for Boston U are all killers. All of them put up, I think, at least 55, 60 points. And all three of them started almost every single game, if not every single game a year ago. Now, I did miss Yale on that because I forgot. I think, what was it? Was it Lions or Johnson only started 14 games? So I kind of didn't wasn't thinking about it as those two young guys, Johnson and um, Lions, had started every game of the season because they didn't necessarily, but they started most of them. 
and that unit all is back as well. So I do think Yale probably has, if we're talking about the team that has three guys that started the bulk of games at attack and all of them are back, I do think Yale's probably the best. And then I think Boston, U, and Delaware are right there behind them. Everyone is chirping me like, what about Cornell? I think that those, all you know, the, these three teams that I just mentioned, I think all three of their tackmen all the way across are better overall than all three of Cornell's attackmen. Yeah, CJ Kirst is a killer. Long is good as well, but I still think that, you know, Cornell is on that list, but I think they're further below even a Boston U. And St. Joseph's. I mean, St. Joseph's has three killers back on attack as well. So, um, you know, I think that you have to also look at the teams that are right behind. Oh, actually, here, let me talk a little bit more about why I think these guys are good. Dalto, Lay, and Perfetto, they put up 75, 74, and 65 points respectively. They all shot better than 30.9%, and they also have Roy Meyer Matt, uh, back at LSM, All-American, Matt Garber back in cage, and also back are uh, pretty much all of their polls at the bulk of their long polls, and then Connor Calderon was a serviceable face-off man a year ago. Now, the teams behind them, Army, Navy, Lehigh, and Loyola. I think they're all legitimately in the hunt. And as with every conference, it comes down to who's playing best at the end of the season uh, come tournament time. But I do believe that's going to be Boston University. They bring back the most experienced group of players overall, I think, in the conference. Four of their five losses were to Ivy League teams. Uh, they lost to Princeton twice. Army was the only non-Ivy that was able to defeat Boston U last year. And then the Terriers turned around and got revenge and dropped Army in the Patriot League tournament finals, 14-10 to win the tournament. So my prediction, if you weren't listening, Boston University, I think they'll win both the regular season and the conference tournament titles. And that is my predictions here for conference tournament winners. Now, I think I've already said this out loud. I'm just going to jump straight to, because I'm not even going to really pick a final four, you know, four teams for the final four, because that's tough, because you never know what's going to happen with the with the, the seedings and crap like that. So I think it's, it's kind of dumb to try to pick your final four team until you know what the seedings are. But what I will say, my favorite to win everything overall is Virginia. I think the teams, I think if we're ranking the tiers of teams here, I think we go Virginia is sitting right at the top of the mountain here. I think Georgetown is very close behind them. If, if Georgetown didn't get bounced in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year, I would put Virginia and Georgetown at the top. The fact that Georgetown got bounced by Delaware in the first round of the NCAA tournament makes me kind of put them a, a one tier below Virginia, but I think they're they're kind of sitting there below Virginia with teams like, you know, a bunch of teams. I think it's Virginia and then it's Georgetown and then below them I think you're going to have to go with everybody. Maryland has a lot of you know questions to answer, but they're Maryland, you know what I mean? Just because they lost a lot doesn't mean that they're not going to be better than the teams below them. I saw someone make a very good point about that on Twitter and I I, I agree with that overall. Uh so I think that the teams like Duke you know, if I kind of go here and I go to my poll, which is what we're going to do, and then I'll be able to give you a visual for this here. Uh, this was my poll, the way that I voted in the in the media poll, the Inside Lacrosse media poll. So like I said, I think Virginia sitting at the top here. If I could do this over again, and I had said this in a couple of the, la the last two podcasts, I would probably have, if Georgetown didn't get bounced in the first round, they would probably be my number two team right now. 
Maryland would be right bef- right below them, primarily because they're Maryland and they're always good, and to reward them a little bit for what they did last year. I think a healthy healthy medium of what do I really think they're going to do by the end of the season, mixed with crediting them for what they did last season, unless there's a huge holes in their roster. There's huge holes in Maryland's roster, but you know who knows. So I think it's Virginia. I think it's Georgetown, and then I think Maryland, Cornell, Princeton, Notre Dame. I think that's you know what the next tier with Rutgers and Duke. So I think any one of these teams in the top ten could end up in the top five, uh, you know, before before the end of the season. I think that teams like Ohio State, Delaware, Boston U, I think they could visit the top ten as well, depending who here falters and falls out. I really am hot on Ohio State, as I said. And then, you know, like Denver and Harvard, I think are going to end up being unranked very quickly into the season. I think a team like Jacksonville with their schedule, they're going to be able to keep you know, somewhere between probably 17 and 13 before the season's end. But in the end, this is a prediction that I'm supposed to make here. So my pick for who do I think is going to win the NCAA tournament in 2023, my pick is Virginia. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to pick a Tawarton winner. I'm going to pick – oh, man, if I'm picking Virginia. All right. If I'm pick, if Virginia wins the NCAA title, uh, I'm going to have to say that uh, Connor Schellenberger will probably win the Tawarton. I think truly that if Yale can get themselves to the semifinals and then if Yale could even get themselves into the finals, I think Matt Brandau's numbers are going to warrant him winning. I, I think that Matt Brandau should win the Tawarton, but I'm going to you know go against my gut. And even though I think he should win and that he truly is the best player in the country, I'm going to say Connor Schellenberger is going to win the Tawarton because I, I believe that Virginia is going to win the title. And I think that that's a no-brainer at that point, even though I won't like the pick overall. So that's it. That's the show. What, 25 minutes or so in? That's not too bad. Make sure you come back on Wednesday, and I will be going through and uh, and pretty much talking about every single game just about. I'm going to talk a little bit about, and uh, we'll you know kind of rip through. And that's how I'll kind of preview some of the teams I haven't previewed yet as well. So we'll go through and talk Wednesday. We'll talk about all the games that are being played this upcoming weekend. I am hype about the Syracuse game. I'm hyped. Let me see here. I actually have it written up here. I'm hyped about a bunch of games. I'm hyped about the St. Joe's and Army game because that's going to tell us a lot about both of those teams. I'm hyped about Air Force at Ohio State because if Ohio State wins big, that tells us, hey, they are legit because Air Force, they're not chumps by any means. Um, Richmond at Maryland is going to be a big one because both of those teams are going to be very good and the outcome of that game is going to give us a little bit of an indication as to what what type of Maryland team we're going to see this year. Syracuse, Vermont is going to be a huge one. So come back Wednesday. I will preview almost every game from the weekend. We might even dive into a little bit of D3 and D2 action as well. And then Friday will be the betting uh, show. We'll talk about like, you know, picking, picking bets. And I'm going to you know tell you what I'm betting on and crap like that. And then a week from today, first official college lacrosse show, college lacrosse recap show of the uh, 2023 season. I can't wait for that either. So as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Come back on Wednesday and Hoost is out. The Lapse Factor Podcast.